A brother sent me this message yesterday. Apparently a sister had a dream and she sent this to him and he passed it on to me. So I'm going to read from this sister's dream. She says, I had a dream a couple nights ago and in the dream we had just gotten through this COVID episode. We were having our first meeting. It was a Spring of Hope meeting and there were so many visitors that they did not all fit in the fellowship hall. People were lining the walkways and gathering around in front of the sanctuary. Many of the people we didn't even know, they had just heard about us and were begging to be in the meeting. It was past the time when the meeting should have started and still more people were showing up. Several ministers were discussing what we should do with all these visitors because there was no room in the fellowship hall for them. People from our community began getting up and standing outside so that the visitors could come in, but still there was not enough room. As we waited, Brother Danny started singing the song, We will worship and adore you. We will bow down before your throne. Let the fruit of our lips be pleasing to you, and let your glory fill this place. There was an incredible power and the presence of the Spirit of God as we sang. Then the dream ended. The devil does not want the decisive battle that is coming his way. And so he is endeavoring to wear us down through attrition. As Brother Tim was sharing, I thought immediately of that passage in Revelations where he says he will wear out the saints. This morning I read some notes that I had written about six years ago. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And we love that scripture. But Jesus also promised that our life would not be easy. He bluntly tells us, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So he's not saying that because he overcame it, we don't have to have trouble. He's saying because he overcame it, when we have trouble, we can have courage also, knowing that if he was a victor, we can be a victor through him. Now I had the same scripture that Tim just quoted from Romans 8, where he says, in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. We don't conquer by ourselves, and we don't conquer in the flesh. We conquer through Christ, which is to say through the anointing, through the Spirit. Paul gives allowance that there are times when outwardly or physically everything is going wrong, and yet inwardly we're still conquering in the Spirit. We're still prevailing. And sometimes God's not looking for us to leap to our feet and shout out and raise our hands. Sometimes He's just wanting us to trust Him. Sometimes He's just wanting us to lean back against the pillow and say, God, I don't need to understand this. I don't need to get out of this. I don't need to be rescued from this. I just need to endure this. I just need to trust you. You know, Jesus went through things that in his humanity felt like being forsaken by God. The last words he uttered were, God, why have you forsaken me? He felt abandoned and forsaken by God. And yet the soul is more than the body. 
The soul is more than the brain. This sickness can confuse your brain. It can make you feel depressed. It can make you feel lonely. It can make you confused. But there is something inside of you that God has put there that even when your body feels forsaken, you're going to know somehow, some way, through the Spirit, you're going to be able to still be victorious. The devil's aim is to provoke us to despair. Amen? But God's aim is to make the devil disappointed at every one of his provocations. Christ does not intend to snatch us from the struggle, but equip us to overcome in the face of the worst that the devil can throw at us. He made a public spectacle of Satan, the very prince of darkness and all his subsidiary forces, when he exemplified a love and trust in God that utterly superseded anything previously manifest. And Jesus invites us to overcome in the same way, not by avoiding our enemy. He invites us to overcome by seeking not some utopian escape, but rather prevailing through the testimony of victorious lives and demonstrating a faith and love and devotion beyond Satan's reach. In short, Christ has made us part of his fight with the devil and darkness, trusting us to utilize and exemplify the overcoming inner power of God's love and life, though outwardly we suffer under duress, inwardly we are renewed. If we let his love and spirit of grace possess our hearts, even through us, he will conquer still. Paul says that we are made more than conquerors through him who loved us. We've laid down the weak and beggarly weapons of the flesh, along with all fear of him who can harm the body, and after that do no more. We've taken up the weapons of the spirit that are mighty through God to pull down strongholds. And we're demonstrating to the gallery of principalities that our king yet lives, not off in heaven only, but in our hearts, in our minds, in our sickness, in our pain, in our loneliness. Jesus lives. His spirit lives. His kingdom may come on earth as it is in heaven. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Even as we speak these words, everyone who's listening feels this little reassurance in your spirit that says, God is with me. God is for me and not against me. I'm not alone and I'm going to come through it. You hold on to that. You trust in that. You reach out and grab it like a life rope because it's going to see you through and you're going to come through this. My beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain. And some would say, well, I'd love to be out working for the Lord, but I'm suffering on this sickbed. No, that's a work also. That's the work of the Lord also. Because in that affliction, you are working to demonstrate to the principalities and powers that they're not going to win. Jesus is going to win. Love is going to win. Life is going to win. Faith is going to win. It is the victory that overcomes the world. Paul says, therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory 
that far outweighs them all. And that's that momentum that is weighty, though not always speedy. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, how does someone fix their eyes on what is unseen? Is that not a paradox? If ever I heard one, that's one. He's talking about the same kind of eyes he spoke about with the Ephesians. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Amen. So when you want to fix your gaze on what is unseen, sometimes you have to close your eyes and you say, God, I know what you have spoken. I know your love. I know what you have given me. And I'm not looking at these things that scare me. I am closing those eyes and I am looking from a heart of faith to what I know you have promised and to what I still glimpse through the Spirit. Amen. The song says, through the eyes of faith, I can clearly see that God is good all the time. Without exception, my fiercest trials later became the deepest wellsprings of insight, inspiration, and grace from which I would serve others. And I mean that. The darkest moments of my life, the loneliest times, the biggest questions, the biggest heartbreaks, later became the deepest wellsprings of grace, inspiration, empathy, and love from which I could serve others. Samson, that man with many troubles, had that little riddle, and he said, out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. What he was saying is, you're one day going to take energizing spiritual honey from the carcass of your toughest battle. And you need to believe that. This disease or this trial may feel like a beast that is ravaging you, that is taking all your strength and confusing you. But someday it's going to be a carcass because you're going to outlast this lion. Amen. And God is going to empower you to be victorious. And you're going to come back and you're going to talk with somebody and say, I remember when I was going through COVID. And you'll be reaching inside that carcass to pull honey from the eater and something sweet from the strong. The psalmist has said, and I've ministered it many times, that those pilgrims whose hearts are set on Zion know how to walk through the valley of Baca and turn it into a place of springs, springs of joy. It's still Baca when you're going through it, but if you'll go ahead and come through it, if you'll just endure, if you'll just persist, if you'll just keep it up, you're going to come through the other side. And when you do, you're going to be able to reach back and help others and say, I remember when I felt faithless. I remember when I was confused. I remember when the devil woke me up in the middle of the night and tormented my brain with all kinds of craziness. All I could do was just endure. But I did, and God brought me through. And from those moments of deepest struggle, you're going to give honey to others in their time of need. We learn obedience through the things we suffer. And our own need for comfort enables us to later comfort others. When God allows us to endure a trial, 
such as you're going through now, he's preparing us to access deeper reservoirs of patience that eventually turn into springs of joy. This is all so that we might equip others in their moments of distress, even as God equipped us. God will use this. You will be stronger. This church will be stronger. The message of the cross will be stronger. And the work on the horizon will be decisive. That's why the devil's doing this attrition battle. Keep your eyes on the assignment of service that God is calling this people to. And know that if he sent you to the school of suffering, it's because he wants you to learn a more powerful, more profound level of obedience through the things you suffer. You're learning endurance. You're learning passive trust. You're learning how to wait. Amen. And you're going to come out having fought and overcome all Satan's dreads, taunts, and abuses. And you're going to be a more valiant warrior against Apollyon than you've ever been before. And we all are going to be stronger than we've ever been before. Our prayers are with you. Our love is with you. Our encouragement is with you. Amen. And the devil knows if we can just persist, if we can just hang on, a very decisive battle is on the horizon. And I am looking forward to it. He is not. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, in every place all around the globe, we're praying for you. Jesus is on your side. Yeah, the devil's against us. But if God be for us, who can be against us? For who can stand against the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Lord, make us more than conquerors through your love. Just hold on, and our Lord will show up. And he may not show up in the first hour. It may not be at the end of a week. But he will show up, and he will bring you through. So just hold on. That's the message we're leaving with everyone. A man's spirit will sustain him in a time of illness, but a broken spirit, who can remedy? Don't let your spirit be broken. Amen. You're going through it, but hang in there. Our Lord will show up. May the Lord bless you and strengthen you. May he lift up his countenance upon you, make his face to shine upon you, give you peace, give you grace through this time. We love you all very much. God bless you.